Welcome to the Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. I heard Dr. Greer speak about a program at his medical school that focused on giving his students a very broad exposure to the world in which their patients live. He kindly agreed to discuss this exciting program with us. Dr. Greer is a professor and the founding chair of Humanities Health and Society and the associate dean for community engagement at the Florida International University School of Medicine in Florida. Dr. Greer, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you for inviting me. Let's begin. How did you begin to feel that there was a need to modify medical student experiences and training? What philosophic or educational or whatever it was that stimulated and fertilized this this project? Could you give us a little history? I've worked in a couple of administrations, Bush Sr. and Clinton, and always under HHS. And one of the things that I was realizing was in 1985 was the first time this country came out with a minority report, and minority health was then funded in 1986. The problem was we were having these incredible disparities in this country with so much. We were, in essence, failing in our social accountability or social responsibility as physicians. And in our training, we never put in there what causes people to get sick. We were training doctors to identify an illness and then treat it, thinking that everybody had access and availability to do everything just because we were doctors. What we did was, what were the competencies we wanted in our physicians in the future to be able to prepare our future workforce? One of them was, you'd like to see empathy, you'd like to see humility, and you definitely want to see social accountability. For students that are going to be sent out as physicians that are responsible for the care of an entire population, but yet very few of them, if any, have come from impoverished backgrounds and have no experience, it becomes incumbent that we prepare our students to understand how complex it is when you're poor and to take care of these patients on a longitudinal basis and how to work in a team. Where were the things that we were deficient in? We weren't really good at working in teams, so we have to start that early on. We weren't very good at really understanding people's lives. I mean, what do we do? We give them an appointment. If you don't show up, you you blew your appointment. What if you don't have a car? What if you have a horrible transportation system? What if you're in Miami and it's August and it's raining and it's uh, it's 65%, 70% humidity? How are you going to get to where you need to go? And so for us to really make our population healthier, we had to make sure that there was social accountability. I also feel that when we leave out a segment of a society, you're throwing away all this talent, people that could contribute and do great things here in our nation and around the world. So we took it as saying, okay, let's develop a curriculum that prepares our students for the future. You don't need six months of anatomy unless you want to be a surgeon or a radiologist, but you do need to know how to relate anatomy to imaging and to disease states. So you could change the curriculum. It's just that we really hadn't changed much since 1910. It was two years basic sciences and two years clinical, and off you went. And not only that, you trained almost exclusively in a hospital, yet when you go into practice, you're almost exclusively out of the hospital unless you're a hospitalist or a laborist. So as you began to do this, what was the reception that you were getting from, shall we say, the more traditional forces in the medical education community? The more traditional thought that by giving me the title of community engagement was really saying, you see, because they always make fun of the community and primary care doctors. And so that, that was getting me out of the way. The, the thing is it became a very successful program, and not only just getting the students to understand these things, and they write back to us during their training on how helpful it is to understand the true plight of a patient, not just a disease state. It just took off. 
it also taught teamwork. We have medical students along with social work students, public health students, nursing students, PA students, school of education students. We have therapists from psychology and from social work. But then I also go out there and we do behavioral health with these patient populations. And it also prepares the student to be able to say, let me think outside the box. How can I really help my patient? And the patient has to be at the center of it all. So what, what specifically happens? A kid comes in, he's going through first year medical school. When do you start this process? Do you actually send them to a clinic? Do you assign them to a community health center? What are some of the specifics that you do, please? We do what we call household-centered care because one of the things that we found out was if you have no insurance and you're working two, three jobs, you don't have free time, and transportation isn't always that good. So what we do is we have 160 community partners that we refer to for the different needs, whether it's a food inequity, housing, employment, etc. They then refer households to us. They know, including mom-pop shops, even teachers have referred households to us when kids don't show up for school. Then we send an outreach team there. And the outreach team does an evaluation of the household, see if they want to be join our program. And then we send in the students with faculty orientation. Now, we do have specific criteria. One of them is we do not take insured patients. You have to, we, we want it. The fire everybody runs away from is we're running towards. We want to take care of the most vulnerable and bring them up to a, a level of resilience. Students are then assigned this household halfway through their first year until they graduate. So they get to see how a family progresses with this. Now, we have the outreach team. The outreach team consists of when we went into communities, what did we find out? Communities don't like us because we're universities or big institutions that have really never done anything to help them out except do studies. So we spent two years fomenting uh, relationships there, and then we went and hired from the community. But then we decided to hire only high school graduates because college graduates had a better opportunity of getting a job. And of the 32 that we have hired at that level, almost half of them, or at least a third, already have an undergraduate degree because once they come to work for us, they become employees of a state school and they get tuition remission. By the way, we've had three of them and uh, two in a master's program now and one already that has a master's program. By having that and doing all that, you're giving back to the community. You're building trust. We start off actually the medical school with the ethical foundations of medicine, not because it's Miami and there's some ethical issues here, but it is Miami and there are some ethical issues, or the fact that I actually had to go to Canada to find an ethicist. But what we do is undergraduate pre-med education is so concentrated on the sciences that the students take very little liberal arts, history, philosophy, etc. And those are the courses that teach you critical thinking skills. So by starting off the first nine weeks with the ethical foundations of medicine, I have PhDs in philosophy teaching our students how to think critically to deal with ambiguities. They could do an algorithm which is fine, but how do you prep a patient for a procedure, say a colonoscopy, if A, they live in a house with seven people in one bathroom? Yes, yes. How do they get them there on time to do that? Because you have to be there at a specific time, and you have to be on a liquid diet. I mean, there's a, there's a whole series of little things that we lead into. How do you get somebody who has disabilities that has no insurance, how are they going to go to the bathroom? How are they going to get ready for any surgery? How are they going to get ready for anything? How are you going to get them to rehab? So it's a long series of things where things don't fit neatly into our world of medicine. So we have to make our world of medicine fit into their lives. I love this because I, I agree with you so much. We are not focusing on the other side of what it's like to be a patient. And the reality is, just as, as you're saying, when last time I saw you, I mentioned that when I was in training, we were in clinic and we gave people prescriptions. 
And by chance, we went out the back door and we found many of these people threw the prescriptions away because there was no way they could get filled. And yet we qualified, we qualified as a outreach clinical experience. It really wasn't. So you're trying to do this in a much more intense way. I applaud you. How are the students liking it? Overall, they really like it. Now, going into the third year when they're doing their clerkships, they complain a little bit about they only have to visit the household three times in their third year, but we require them to have at least a monthly contact with another by phone, text, just to see how they're doing. Which is, I mean, in a year's period, you generally don't go to the doctor more than three times unless you have an acute illness or something that's so chronic and exacerbates. So the students build a relationship and see that. That The only thing was, at the beginning, one of the biggest problems we had was scheduling, getting all these students on the same time and then getting sure the family's available and uh, faculty attending. I, I sometimes say that it's easier to transplant the liver than it is to get two colleges at a university to coordinate. Are other medical schools observing what you're doing? Are they beginning to copy? We, we've consulted at quite a few schools, and right now, and I was also on the external advisory board for the new Kaiser Permanente School, and they're starting something very similar. When the problem becomes very pronounced, for example, you go in and you see someone with, well, let's say a, a nasty dementia, There's not a whole lot they can do. They can't afford medications or travel. You then bring in the other schools. Does your student then call the School of Social Work or the psychology group to go and test? How does it work? Pretty much the social workers, the nurses, the uh, the PAs, and the medical students will always be at the household. Public health, generally about 50% of the time. We do do 100% screening for behavioral health on every single patient, and then we have therapists. With the exception of domestic issues, if it's a behavioral health disorder and we do the therapy at the home, that also gives the therapist then the time to speak with the rest of the family and explain to them what's going on. Because behavioral health and mental health disorders are sometimes very difficult on on other family members, not just the patient themselves. Indeed. So we have that. And then, for example, with the dementia, one of the institutions that helps us out incredibly are our daycares for them, and the Jewish uh, community centers are, have been unbelievably helpful with us. It must be also very interesting as your students graduate and they've had this experience, and then they're thrown into the world of real-life practice after residency, mm-hmm. and there's no money for them to do this. There's no time. They, it, it would be all charity work. It must be an incredibly interesting and challenging transition for them. Do you hear much about that, or is this more in my well, mind? We do, and the way we tell them is, look, when you go out into, the, as we call it, the real world, and you're going to be seeing 25, 30 patients a day, you're not going to have time to do this. That doesn't mean on your way home you can't do a house call. However, since now, one of the skills we hope you have learned is how to put a team together. Once we get into value-based reimbursement or accountable care, you're going to have to keep your patient healthy. And that's not going to be done just with medication. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess the community, you're in, you're in the Miami area. Okay. So this is a very culturally diverse part of, well, of the United States, but certainly of Florida. Do different groups tend to invite you differently? Does the Hispanic community want you more so than maybe a different community, different cultural background? What's your interaction with No, because we, we, we take, as we said, we take patients without prejudice. Actually, that's not completely true. If you're insured and are fully employed, we're not going to take you in our program. There's a system for you. One of the things that I found very intriguing, and I do want to compliment you, when you spoke in West Palm Beach, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I think you captured the spirit of the audience in talking about how there is indeed another aspect of medical training that must occur. And that's what just 
you, you really caught, I think, an unexpressed need, and people want that. I think when it comes down to it, almost everybody, we, we have good hearts, and we know what is wrong. Sometimes we don't know how to fix it. And that's why you have to work with teams of different disciplines to help. And realize that we as doctors aren't going to be, the, uh, by ourselves, are not going to make people healthy. It has to be a team effort. You told a story, and I may not be getting it precisely correct, but you can you can correct me. You told a story about a young boy that you saw who was hungry, and you gave him a sandwich, and he ate half the sandwich yeah. and put the other in um, a bag to take home to his brother. I, I, that was I, I wanted to applaud you right then and there. I guess your students see a lot of this. One hundred percent, to the point where your patient is always your best teacher. And we take that so seriously here that for commencement, the students vote, or the senior students vote on which household they felt taught them the most. And during commencement, the head of that household is brought up on stage and the president of the university bestows the Medal of Teaching to them. And that's just nice. That is just so nice. I, I think back to my own training in medical school, and it was very biological and mechanical. Again, I'm struggling for a word because I want to say the same thing over and over again, and that this is so nice to hear. I just wanted to expand to everywhere. We published a piece last year in Academic Medicine describing our program, and the editor complimented me on how well written it was. I Obviously, I'm not the best writer in the world, but my team is. But he wanted to have give him a list of our graduates to see if they'd write a blog confirming this. And Kathleen Lawrence, who is now up at, I think she's at NYU in primary care medicine, wrote a blog which was just beautiful. It was entitled, Medicine is Social Work. And then her first line is, I didn't go into medicine because I'm a scientist. I went into medicine because I'm a humanist. I like that. Our role here and our mission is to produce physicians, not to produce great bench science researchers, even though every university wants to have that, and I think that's super important. But here we want to develop clinicians. We have a shortage. We have too many people without access, and our medical school class actually represents Miami. We have the most diverse medical school class in the country. We have approximately 50 to 55 percent of our students are Hispanic or African-American representing Dade County. 12% of Dade County is African-American. We have about 15 to 16% annually of African-American students. We have about 35 to 40% are going to be Hispanics, and the rest are not Hispanic, white, Asian, etc. One of the most amazing things is they don't come in with the highest MCATs, but every graduating class we've had, they've had the highest pass rate on the steps and the highest match rate. So, A, diversity works bringing in a different way of teaching medical education to be able to prepare a physician to actually make people healthier is something we have to look at in this country. They've done it in all these other countries. Why can't we? Oh, we absolutely need to do it. Question, when your yes, students graduate, do you find that there is a shift away, and, and all professions, all subspecialties are important, dermatology, surgery, and all that's very important, but do you find that your group tends to go more towards psychiatry or pediatrics or generalized family medicine as a result of this? Or We have approximately 55 to 60% go into primary care. Now, having said that, you can go into peds or internal medicine or family medicine and then do a fellowship. In family medicine, you can do sports medicine, geriatrics. Pediatrics, you have all the subspecialties, and same thing as internal medicine. So we haven't fully accounted for that there, but we have a very large number going into psychiatry. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. It, it speaks to what people need. I applaud your program. I only wish that it grows and grows and grows and 
that this reverberates through not only the medical community, but our society. During orientation, we tell the students that they have four years to save the world, and they've just wasted a week in orientation. That's great. Pedro Greer is a professor of medicine at Florida International University in Florida, and he has just described an amazingly wonderful, enlightened project that's very active to help medical students learn about the reality of the people that they're going to treat. Sir, continue your good work, and thank you much. For, thank you very much for spending your time with us. No, no, thank you, and I think what you're doing here is incredible, and it was such a pleasure and honor to meet you.